I V M. Hello and welcome to Simplified, our first long episode of the year. Our we had the year end episode, but that doesn't count because Tony was on it. Mm. Uh, <laughs> so this yes, don't count. <laughs> so this episode is we are going to explore the galaxy uh, with new horizons, which NASA has recently thrust into the far reaches of the universe. And by recently, I mean two thousand six. It crossed Jupiter, I think, in two thousand ten or something. And recently, it's just crossed Pluto and and uh, it, it in two thousand six it crossed Pluto, and now it's crossed uh, a far away rock called Ultima Thule. So we are going to talk about that. We are going to talk about why space exploration, and we are also going to make some very bad jokes along the way. Uh, all that on the other side of this enthralling spaced out episode hello and welcome to yet another episode of simplified we <laughs> the show which is not so much about alternative facts as much as selective facts <laughs> Uh, we leave only things that we ourselves can understand in the vain hope that doing Wikipedia research and one Guardian article is more than what most people might do. Lace it with a few jokes, and hopefully, by the time you're done with this episode, you are a wee bit smarter about the issue that we are talking about. <laughs> well said. It's a it's a fairly low mm. standard, I know, but we are very realistic about yeah, it. Yeah, I know. Goes. You you are terrible researchers. We are just slightly bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow! Don't put down our what are, what are they? The MBA of simplified <laughs> listeners. Yeah. <laughs> okay, today's random fact, which I have not asked either of you about, is what's the farthest you have been from home as a kid? Because uh, we're talking about New Horizons, going far away okay. from home and all that. Well, uh, the farthest away would probably classify as I think Washington DC. Oh wow! Oh wow! Wow! Yeah. As a kid? <laughs> no, as a oh, as a kid. Yeah. Oh no, yeah. no. Only just still uh, a child of the universe. No, definitely not. Farthest away. I went from to Dubai. And I was no, but kid, what time. do you? How old do you define as kid? I don't know, sixteen. Like, राउंड and one guy said okay so we sat in the thing and the 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 creek water is very still yeah. it's very silent it's awesome so the guy kept throwing and going around and we didn't realize uh, so i i i was the only guy sitting there he went right up to warsawa so people from oh. bombay would go and he entered the sea and then it started becoming choppy and oh, i was terrified and this guy <laughs> found my my fear most hilarious so after sort of enjoying my discomfiture for some time he sort of deposited me on the uh you know on the side of the creek which is so th- this is like warsaw on one side and mud island on the other wow. so he dropped me on the mud island side and from there i caught a bus and i didn't have money for the ticket <laughs> so i basically you know sort of my teary vp face and the conductor gave me a free ride and then i came my parents had no clue at all 
wonderful wow. how they do after mm. they listen to this episode yeah. my farthest was probably like school picnic in like <laughs> Baroda or something. Boring. Boring. Yeah, because I, I mean, my, my, I, I did a lot of adventures within Ahmedabad. Mm. Where okay, I, let's not get into this. I snuck away from parents and uh, did many hilarious, interesting things. But, uh, One yeah. of which you are allowed to say because your picnic was boring. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, one of which was... Uh, ऑस्ट्रेलिया seriously far right it's yeah, like just like australia pluto yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is pretty far we'll get into how far hmm. it is actually uh, yeah and they had enough momentum to knock their uh, kangaroo chuddies off in sydney as well and now it's gone even beyond that and it's basically sent back pics of the farthest object ever visited by spacecraft which is a rock in the kuiper belt called ultima thule thule I'm Thule. 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 I'm Thule. saying because I'm from Bombay. Thule. From. Thule. And hopefully, uh, unlike Sydney, rain will not play spoil sport this time. <laughs> so we thought. I thought we'd just explore a little bit about uh, the New Horizons. What it is. How can. What powers it to go all the way. I've been very curious always about how do these things just so, keep going. Just, just some basic. I think we should start with some basic like. Uh, uh, I mean, planetary geography. Yes. If you were to put it that way, so well, of course, there is the basic solar system of yeah. which Pluto is no longer a planet, but just some hey. random mass that's orbiting around uh, Pluto the sun. Pluto के बारे में कुछ It's like Pluto Hindu तो Pluto Hindu तो it's like amazing, but yeah. So uh, <laughs> whether there are cows, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So uh, I mean, uh, there's that. the plan uh, classical the, solar system that the classical solar system that we have the nine uh, now my 9 minus 1 8 planets yeah yeah and uh, once you go past that is where you encounter what is called the kuiper belt yeah so uh, i'm just going to explain how vox explained it actually they explained <laughs> it beautifully they held up a basketball and said now assume that this is the sun mm. okay and then in that case pluto is the size of a bowling ball 
or there is earth no. and there is earth and uh, sorry earth versus pluto there is basketball and uh, uh, sorry a uh, golf ball golf hmm. golf ah. ball sorry <laughs> bowling ball bowling ball okay and then uh, he said okay now keep going back keep going back keep going back keep going back yeah now outside the door now take a train and go to washington if <laughs> basically 50 miles away so that's how far a golf ball needs to be from a basketball that's a distance between plu- 50 kilo 50 miles away that's the distance from pluto to oh, on the to scale. Yeah, on on scale it's a very very far way away yeah no i, I so what i'm trying to and most of us are spoiled by those representation we've seen on yeah, science textbooks yeah. of everything in one little picture right and yeah, yeah. so uh, pluto pluto is not just there pluto it's, is like one gazillion miles yeah. away yeah and not then gazillion but ha huh. mm. then after pluto what comes ha uh, after pluto is a kuiper belt is or it? rather uh, so here's the thing pluto is part of the kuiper belt actually it's the largest body in the kuiper belt the kuiper belt is like the ast- asteroid belt except 20 times bigger so uh, uh, there is there is an asteroid belt also between mars and uh, jupiter uh, mars and venus uh, v- no, mars, mars and jupiter jupiter yeah. mars and mars jupiter, and jupiter. Wow. Mm-hmm. forgot my alphabet so uh, there's there's a asteroid belt between mars and jupiter and then one after one after, after neptune. neptune yeah which pluto, which pluto is, pluto a, is a, part, a part hence of. that's the part of the whole controversy oh is it just one of the big asteroids or is it a planet and yeah. we won't get into that uh, and then after the kuiper belt comes Oort cloud, excellent. What is said? Uh, cloud camel in Gujarati crowd, cloud cloud. <laughs> I don't know, but I'm guessing a Dutch guy was behind discovering it. Of course. Yeah, no, I don't know. I just was tickled by the name. <laughs> I don't. And then beyond that is uh, the Milky Way, and beyond that is Snickers. <laughs> 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 okay. Okay. So now uh, we go to a basic question: Why science? Why space exploration in the first first place? And that's a question as old as space exploration itself, right? In a world beset by things like poverty, climate change, migrant problems, a potential food well crisis, no uh, there being no cows, the rampant use of auto tune in pop music. So all these. Crisis problems are the space space exploration seems like one of those things that's easy to criticize as being lavish, uh, and that's because I think and we actually had this insight when we did that episode on gravitational waves. A lot of the results or the benefit for humans are not immediate. Yeah. You know, they come a lot later. It's like one of those things where. You don't have a problem to solve as much as you try to discover new things to solve as a result of the exploration that you do. Like the analogy that's often used is if we think about it this way then what would we say a few centuries back when people was just wanted to take ships and explore other lands because you know that's the scale that was in their heads why you when all these problems are there Correct. to solve over here why you take the ship and going yeah. out other land then, but look at the benefit when when people ask these questions about why you're doing this right i mean you look at the 500 million types of youtube videos of how people are <laughs> making of some random crap like there is a guy who is discovering ways of making machines which have knives that pop balloons for some reason <laughs> i was just watching this one video and i was like what is this and so basically for, when when people ask questions of why this is being done there's only one question that everyone needs to ask why does a dog lick its balls because wow. it can wow well 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 said i guess anyway space exploration is also sexy and it draws a lot of kids to study science so when jfk talked about the moon and why we 
are going there we what was the line he used we are not going because it's easy we are going because it's hard hmm. that inspired a whole generation of kids not just in the us but everywhere around the world to take up science and goodness knows that we could use a few more scientists and a few less investment bankers and hedge fund managers in this day and age um there is Who also will the, put them on rockets <laughs> we'll there then is also then there is that angle which is about space colonization and potential natural resources which is uh, you know maybe a slightly easier sell to people if they're looking for immediate returns i mean uh, mars and what have you and potentially unlimited energy sources uh, beyond uh, our planet earth and nasa also does a lot of other work including environmental research so all of this sort of like sort of answers the question mm. uh, but i think the big the other the bigger thing is without space programs there be a lot of technologies that we use today even on our phones which would not be possible like gps for instance was first used for space exploration uh, other things like accurate weather prediction solar cells and things like that in fact and also what do we do if another asteroid actually asteroid actually decides to collide into us we need to understand how these things operate like bruce willis isn't going to be around forever neither <laughs> 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 is aerosmith <laughs> well played so i'm actually going to uh here's a list of technologies which have come as a result of a space uh, exploration and i want you guys to try and guess what these technologies are in the 1990s a team of the jet propulsion laboratory worked to create cameras small enough to fit on spacecraft and with scientific quality gopro no just camera phones oh camera phones just oh, camera okay. phones yeah. yeah the lewis research center attempted to develop diamond hard coatings for aerospace systems later creating a technique that was developed and patented just for that purpose uh, is something that all three of us are using right now cell phone no glasses yes glasses yeah. scratch resistant glasses, glasses. Ah. to be oh, specific so gorilla yeah. glass effectively uh, no, no, scratch no, no. resistant oh, uh, oh, oh, eyeglasses yeah eyeglasses yeah a space program needs a pretty good digital image the jpl uh, jet propulsion lab play, uh, played a lead role in developing this particular technology which in turn was used in hospitals cat mm. scanners oh. Oh. yeah interesting mm. This is very interesting. The uh, athletic shoes, Nike Air trainers wouldn't exist if it weren't for suit construction technology developed by NASA. Ah. It was a former NASA engineer that first pitched the idea. So I mean uh, I think uh, I read this in uh, uh, Wings of Fire by uh, APJ Abdul Kalam. Hmm. Uh they they uh, what is it called? I forget the name of it. uh car- carbon light Fight. or uh-huh. carbon something light or something it was mm-hmm. called basically it was this uh, uh highly durable uh, carbon fiber so which is uh, which is extremely light and they had developed it for their space program and then they uh, used it to develop prosthetics for mm. uh, uh children Limbs, uh, for yeah. children especially because uh, smaller children can't really pick up heavy prosthetics mm. and move with them so these were extremely wow. light mm. and they were also extremely durable so yeah. they used the, they were developed for the space program and then used yeah. in prosthetics so one of the things like being in industry is uh, when you have for profit and grant based research yeah. so for profit research is crippling sometimes because they have a time horizon right and uh, in, if you don't have deliverables you are forced to abandon 
uh, a lot of research right. so which could potentially be useful, be useful later grant based research which is what this is you basically allocate funds and you just see where it goes where it goes yeah uh, leads to a lot of fundamental yeah. yeah this is also one of those arguments why the government should always be invested in, in science uh, yeah. rather than purely industry, purely industry Here, yeah. i mean there are some other very interesting things the portable computer the computer mouse itself was hmm. came across, uh, came about because of 1960s astronauts wanted a hmm. easier way to navigate computer screens artificial limbs baby formula freeze dried food obviously hmm. wireless headsets home insulation ear thermometer so the list basically goes on and on as uh, uh you can see there even dust busters yeah so, so in fact uh, apj abdul kalam was uh, responsible for a lot of uh, Yeah, advancements that were non uh, non space program related or non missile related the uh, polymer materials the carbon polymer yeah. materials are called basically called carbon carbon mm. and they were glass filled polypropylene uh, which was used in missiles and what they did was they reduced the weight of the calipers that children mm. wore uh, by uh, one tenth of their original weight so the, and then afterwards uh, also what he did was apj uh, uh, abdul kalam was behind uh, Developing f- India's first uh, low co- uh, low cost cardiac stent. Wow! So uh, so all this came as a result of space, space, space program, space exploration, Fishing. or like even propulsion technology or yeah. missile technology. Amazement, yeah. I would say. Yeah. So uh, space exploration, we doff our collective hats to hats you. to you. Yeah. Hats also might have been invented as a result of yeah. space exploration. All, all uh, hair is flying, missile is flying. Yeah. Hey, let's put hat. A new horizon <laughs> might say that uh, you know. I went my you know the, these guys might say my, our spacecraft went 4 billion miles and all we got is this lousy photograph <laughs> but it's not that that's not what it is <laughs> yeah. okay yeah. coming back to earth mm. uh, to new horizons firstly why pluto one is the because it's there mm. yeah. theory of pluto uh pluto has been uh, a focus of nasa for quite a while because i think the last planet that i mean the furthest planet that we explored i think that was i think i'm mean, obviously has to be neptune which was in the late 1980s mm. so it's actually been a while since we've been trying to yeah. get to pluto mm. and the only existing picture of pluto that we have is literally a pixel it's just a small dot mm. new horizon this is literally only the fifth the uh, uh probe or fifth man which has left the solar system isn't it new horizons i'm not even sure if it's the fifth yeah. so the, the, there was one called polaris 10 mm-hmm. there was one called polaris 11 but they were derelict when they left okay then there was voyager 1 and yeah. voyager 2 and yeah. curiously voyager 2 went little before voyager 1 <laughs> mm. And oh, this uh, is like Abbey Road and uh, Let It Be album of Beatles. Severe and trivia. after Voyager, which was in the eighties, as you said, eighties. Yeah. No, not not eighties, nineties, I think. Nineteen eighty nine was, I yeah. think, when yeah. Neptune was. Mm. Anyway, it's, it's now that one guy wow. has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Voyager two mm. has now. Uh, Escaped the yeah. uh, solar, solar system. So there are only yeah. two then that have yeah. crossed the solar system. So there are no, all of these inter- have crossed, but like uh, they, I think uh, so they, uh, Voyager a, is still alive. Yeah, they they escape the spa- uh, the solar system and then they enter interstellar space. Wow, Oort cloud. Mm. Exactly. No, it's past the Oort cloud. Past, past mm. the Oort cloud. Wow. Oort is also inside. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's okay. still considered to be the solar system. Solar right? system. Yeah. Amazing. Maybe. So Voyager two left the what is called the heliosphere. Heliosphere. Mm. Yeah. It left the heliosphere on uh, number fifth, twenty eighteen. Wow, amazing! And uh, uh, on that note, let's take a little break, and we will explore things on the other side.
So welcome back. We are here going to talk about New Horizons, the spacecraft that has gone very very far. So tell us more. <laughs> yeah, getting back to Pluto, we believed that our understanding of Pluto will help understand the origins of the universe a little better because uh, because the Kuiper belt still is considered like remnants of. Big Bang or what are origins of universe? Mm. A lot of those materials are still like oh, it is from that time. Yeah, I mean at it's least when it was uh, formless clouds of yeah. I mean that's and, that's yeah, that's yeah. what they're trying to test anyway. So yeah, they yeah. know this only when they so, go and take. And they, these are basically failed planets. We tried to get into IIT and got only into IIT. Yeah. <laughs> like like we are, we are living on basically a planet that like went to Kota or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Merit list. Anyway, so yeah, the more you explore these things, the more we know about um, where we come from and all that. And so the Kuiper Belt is thirty to fifty as. Uh, astronomical units, units away yeah. from the sun hmm. 30 at its shortest 50 years if that seems short sun to earth is one astronomical unit so of course and it's quite a while away uh, like the asteroid belt the kuiper belt consists mainly of small bodies or remnants from when the solar system had formed uh, and many of these are primarily uh, rock and metal uh, there is also jazz and classical somewhere <laughs> else if you see uh, and uh, and there are many chemicals over here like methane, ammonia and water. At least that's what mm. scientists believe right now. And there are three officially recognized dwarf planets. Mm. Uh, one of which is Pluto, one of, one of which is Haumea and the other is Milkshake. No, Make Make. <laughs> make Make apparently. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> Some of the solar system's moons such as Neptune's tri- These scientists have basically been like, uh, nobody cares what these places are. Let's just name the water the hell yeah, yeah. you want yeah. to. And uh, another <laughs> interest- <laughs> Okay, anyway. <laughs> So, now, what has New Horizons done? It has successfully... So, uh, here's the interesting thing. Uh, New Horizons wasn't supposed to pass over Pluto so soon. Uh, But it got sort of like a gravity slingshot type Ah, of thing when it passed Jupiter. So, it's actually reached three years before it was supposed to. It's amazing. But also because it's moving at that speed... uh, its fuel is running down, so it can't afford to expend fuel to in order to slow down. Oh wow! So it's actually going at a it's doing at a damn fast clip. It's going at some thirty two thousand kilometers per second or something. It's going like pretty fast. Or was it hour? I'm guessing per hour. No, no, it'll no be per second is about right. Yeah, about right. Yeah. So this image that this romantic notion that we have of a space probe just happily trundling along in space, singing a Genesis song as it goes. I think uh, not exactly. It's, it's a pretty damn fast thing. Yeah. Uh, so what is done is it's taken a lot of images, it's captured a lot of data using a spectrometer, and is basically filled up a solid state hard drive uh, with twenty GB of data. Great. Now, how does this data come back to Earth? And that's something I've always been fascinated about. Like, wow, what wireless, what uh, hotspot yeah. do you use? Bro? <laughs> I know. Password. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, it turns out to be it's radio waves. So, it that's sends tough. microwaves back to the Earth. And on Earth, there is a 200 meter, dia- uh, 200 meter diameter dish just to receive mm. uh, signals that come from... Uh, New Horizons and and yeah it's amazing right it's 4 billion kilometers away and it's sending it back but then that sort of distance also comes has its own problems and the speeds uh, are 1 kilobit per second so basically that 20 GB of data that is just captured is going to take 18 months for it to send transmit all of it back to 
planet earth wow and, uh, and it, i thought that are you downloading like a <laughs> yeah, song in the yeah, dial up yeah. days was <laughs> yeah, a, yeah. was an achievement this is apparently 50 times slower than uh, dial up yeah. yeah 1 kbps right and uh, there's a latency time of 4 hours so if earth sends an instruction to there it takes 4 hours for it to reach there mm. uh, so it's but still that's pretty damn good 4 yeah, hours 4 hours is not bad there. bro yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's more... <laughs> in, the, in an ad agency, it takes longer. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we've seen a few... So what we have so far, I mean, the data is still coming, obviously. Uh, we have seen a lot of nice images for now, but obviously it's more than just pretty wallpapers for which we have shot off a grand piano-sized probe into the deep, uh, deep end of space. In just one year with the limited data, uh, what we have are basically one, of course, the best photo of Pluto that we have uh, more than that pixelated blob that we had a while back, which itself has revealed a lot. It's told mm. us a lot about the surface. It's told us a lot about the complexity of Pluto and its satellites. We've uh, learned that there's a lot of activity on Pluto activity, not like New Year parties and <laughs> weekender and things like that, but it's like Pluto might have had water in the past. And uh, that obviously, you know, is their life because the moment there is water, people start getting excited. We start understanding the origin of the planets and the asteroids, uh, Pluto's moon. It has a thousand kilometer wide heart shaped nitrogen glacier, which is now the largest known glacier in the solar system. Wow. Yeah. Liquid wow. nitrogen. Frozen That's nitrogen. Amazing. Frozen Solid nitrogen. Yeah. yeah. Pluto shows evidence of changes in atmospheric pressure and possibly past presence of running or standing liquid volatiles on the surface, which I'm guessing is something important because Wikipedia says so. Mm. Uh, volatiles, does that mean lava or water? Yeah, uh, liquid volatiles. I'm guessing that's something lava-ish. No, no. Something that explodes. No, no, Just no, no, no. no, no, no volatiles no, no, no. are uh, uh, which evaporate. Yeah. So. Yeah, and there's something apparently that's been seen only on Earth, Mars, and uh, Saturn's moon Titan. Uh-huh. So now, if you are ever faced the quiz question, what is common to Earth, Mars, Pluto, and Titan? You liquid have the, you, liquid volatiles on its surface is your answer. Mm. It'll go nicely with uh, microwaves from Micronesia. Might as well play in the background. And finally, uh, Pluto's atmosphere is blue. And even NASA's website is like, who knew? <laughs> <laughs> Their website says, who knew? <laughs> That's right, who knew? Other cool thing is, Uh, you know the rock band Queen. Yeah, of uh, course. Do you know that their guitarist Brian May is actually a PhD in astrophysics? Wow, I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, and that. he is actually part of this mission. Oh wow! Yeah, wow. as a, the the New Horizons mission. Yeah, New Horizons mission. Uh, especially his uh, interest lies especially in stereo imaging. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he also released a song for the whole mission to inspire the entire team so it's called blue new horizons ultima thule mix oh wow it's quite a pretty nice song Amazing. so yeah, yeah so you don't know this it is actually one of those uh, it, uh, this frequently tops list of hey did you know that this rock star is also an astrophysicist yeah i mean not an astrophysicist oh. directly but there are guys who are like proper lawyers yeah. and uh, yeah, yeah. what have you but brian may phd astrophysicist richard feynman used to play the uh, drum on a samba band I, okay. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. 
the guy who makes nuts and bolts in Vasai has a podcast. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And I've always been fascinated but I always wondered how these space probes are powered. Like I always assumed somewhere that it was solar powered or something but apparently like in the far reaches of the universe how are you going to get uh, so, uh, solar power. So the answer is actually uh, sort of nuclear. It's radio isotope thermoelectric generator. Oh. So it has basically uh, fittingly enough rather plutonium mm. inside as a fuel which decays. Mm. So when it decays heat is released mm. and then there are thermocouples which is not the hottest couple at the prom mm. but it, uh, the thermocouple there's a battery of thermocouples around it which converts this heat into electricity and that electricity is what powers what uh, is this effect data. called? Uh, a Seebeck effect. Well played. Yes. yes. And what is uh, the opposite of Seebeck effect? Uh, Beck C. No, no, no. Peltier effect. That that's when you. So if you have a temperature difference, oh god, yeah. generate electricity. That Seebeck wow. effect. And if you have electricity and generate temperature difference, that is Peltier. Effect. Amazing. Wow. You have learned so much on this episode. Anyway, uh, the RTG, the radioisotope thermoelectric generator, uh, provided 245.7 watts of power at launch, uh, which was predicted to drop about 3.5 watts every year. So it's a very, it's a very efficiently built Hmm. uh, machine. In fact, they've dropped a lot of things so that the probe is more energy efficient. So one of the problems that this thing faced when it crossed Jupiter, sorry, uh, when it crossed Pluto, uh, was the fact that it didn't have, the the camera did not have moving parts. Mm. So it was stationary. It was like, it was built in uh, so that it could save on the weight, etc. So it had to expend energy to turn around and... Uh, yeah, otherwise, film. it would be just yeah. doing black photographs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> black photographs. So, because they didn't have, they didn't fit it with the technology where it could sort of be like a mm. zoom lens or so something. So, actually, like that. This, this stuff is really interesting because a lot of um, stuff that gets launched into space uh, is launched on. Uh, Really, really low uh, yeah, power, power uh, yeah, low-powered yeah. equipment, and because the amount required and the uh, the space constraints are so yeah. high. So, like for example, when uh, if you watch the movie Apollo thirteen, the Apollo mission that actually failed to reach the moon, mm-hmm. and but it was called the uh, it's called the most successful failure ever. <laughs> so uh, because it it yeah. failed to reach the moon, but they used the lunar probe to actually tug the mm. uh, crippled spacecraft back to Earth, and no, and the astronauts survived. So the the lunar probe did a re-entry inside Earth's atmosphere instead of going on the uh, on the moon itself. But that particular one, uh, when because they lost power from a couple of fuel cells that leaked and exploded, uh, they had only one functioning fuel cell. And so, what was the problem? The the problem that uh, they faced on Earth, and there are a lot of uh, Earth scientists who are doing drills. Mm. They are saying they have enough battery to probably power a radio for ten minutes. Whoa. And they had that much power to come back to Earth. Wow! To do and the, the, they were allowed probably three course corrections. That the, the thrusters would do three course corrections, and they had to calculate which would be the most efficient way those three course corrections could lead to a favorable angle of reentry. Amazing! So, but you know which launch had the least amount of power when it was launched? UPA one. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't work as well as I expected. <laughs> anyway, so anyway, the uh, 
the website nasa website very apologetically talks about the plutonium decay and says it'll, it uh, it won't have enough power to decay uh, to whatever whatever into the 2030s like you're talking about 2030s wow that's still a long way to go dudes Uh, like the world is still going to be around by then, no? Like the, the scientific, the anyway. I wouldn't know about Andheri West, but the world is. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we'll end this uh, episode with a little bit of trivia, actually, which I found. NASA sent this sent this probe actually to a nearest star, and they found sprouts on the surface. It was called Alpha Alpha Centauri. <laughs> okay, we are getting into that. Okay. Oh God. Uh, yeah. So NASA scientists—they seem like nice people on the surface, but there's often a lot of fighting. uh and siding with one of two extremes this is called a filter hubble that is terrible well thanks that is, thanks that is genuinely terrible chuck thanks one of the best uh, space scientists started making utensils and then he became a former south african cricket captain so he became kepler vessels cheese <laughs> <laughs> that's so bad thanks bro uh <laughs> Then in school we always used to draw the galaxy, no? That's where the name came. It was hand-drawn made a galaxy. Hand-drawn made a oh, <laughs> yeah, that yeah. is. Why is NASA so difficult to get into? Tell no. Because it's opposite of Asan. Oi, <laughs> that 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 takes the cake, <laughs> Narin. I'm like that, 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 that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Drop the mic. <laughs> anyway, in one uh, rocket launching, um, in one rocket launch, they sang the hit '90s pop song "Skater Boy" every time. So they launched it from Cape Canaveral, Lavin. Canaveral Lavin, oh yeah, my yeah, God! Yeah. Anyway, I'm stopping now. I'm serious. Please, please do. Please. I'm serious. Oh, oh, chee. Okay, and yeah, and the only way to end this episode is by the moon of Jupiter, which is Io. Io, <laughs> Io, indeed. Srike, this is your last uh, experience. Hopefully, we have already done this once before. Oh God, in, uh, IVM Studio. So L- last, parting. yeah, live. Say something. Mm. I I'm glad that these experiences will not be captured on a smartphone anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so one you know, thing is that I mean experience. I will still experience yeah. them. Yeah. Shikhar just had his wisdom teeth pulled and <laughs> yeah, he was yeah. uh, wincing from the pain and now he's forgotten the pain because the pain of Chuck's jokes has Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So that's that's a good thing. Okay. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So here's to new horizons hopefully you guys have uh, learned a little bit more about space exploration why it's important. <laughs> uh And yeah, here's to Pluto. Here's to Ultima Thule. Yeah. Here's to Brian May making more songs about the universe. Here's a lovely picture. Actually, a beautiful, remarkable pictures. Yeah, remarkable yeah. pictures. So <laughs> stay safe, stay spaced out, and stay simplified. Bye bye. Bye.